Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of The Nittany Pod. I am your host, Aaron, better known as AP. Along with me, I have my co-host and good friends, Alex and Tyler. We are very excited to bring you this podcast. We are huge Penn State fans, and we look forward to sharing our emotion and our thoughts with you each and every week. All right, guys, so let's get into this first topic of today's episode. Uh, we are going to start off with the offseason additions and uh, talk about, you know, how we just kind of feel these guys are going to contribute to the program. Um, so starting off, some transfers and recruits. Uh, some of the key guys that we got in, of course, we got Jennings. Or Yeah, I'm sorry. We got Chop Robinson from Maryland. Um, that was a huge addition. Going on to the recruiting class, we've got, uh, of course, Drew Alar, Caden Saunders, and many other big names uh, that are probably going to be key contributors to the program moving forward. Um, what, what are some of your guys' thoughts on who we got? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I think there's a few big names, right. That we got um, both in transfers, obviously with, with Tinsley, obviously on the offensive side of the ball. And then obviously chop at, at the end position. Um, obviously we do have a gap to fill at the end position, um, you know, with AK and, and Jesse was fantastic for us last year there. Um, so hopefully he can come in and hit the ground running. I know he was really highly touted out of high school. Um, and I think he did show some flashes last year, right, at Maryland, if I'm correct. Um, yes. So excited to see what he does. And then obviously the, the names you mentioned, right, it's it's like it's just the beginning, right, with Singleton and, you know, whether it's Alar or Singleton, Durant, you know, both sides of the ball really have some young guys coming in that um, can definitely make an impact for us quick and in positions of need as well. Yeah, I didn't even get into the DDS and the uh-huh. Nick Singletons of the class. Um, I just kind of wanted to get out of get out of that way for you guys. But uh, yeah, man, we got some crazy guys coming in. What are your thoughts, Alex? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about uh, probably DDS the most. To be to be honest, um, you know, probably him and Chop are probably like you know one and one a right um you know in terms of impact guys that i that i think uh you're gonna see play a lot um really maybe change the game for for penn state in terms of coming off that edge uh tinsley also is is somebody that you know has big shoes to fill in a lot of ways um you know and i don't want to say the guy can't do it but it's still big shoes uh you know, great numbers at Western Kentucky. Um, yeah. Playing in the Big Ten is going to be a different ball game for him, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, it's definitely definitely a nice job by Franklin and the staff to add a guy like that to a wide receiver room that without him was going to be really yeah, kind of like, uh-oh, like who's our outside guy, you know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. You know, Parker's there, but obviously he's more of a slot guy. KLS, you know, hasn't really taken that step yet. So, um, you know, I think Franklin and his staff did a really good job finding finding a wide receiver that fit a need with with Jahan Dotson going going in the first round last year. Yeah, Tinsley was was an absolute stud at Western Western Kentucky. I remember watching their bowl game last year, and he had like three or four touchdowns, a couple hundred yards. I mean, he he just went off. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's funny that you mentioned he's got some big shoes to fill because not only does he have big shoes to fill, but he also has that jersey number to fill as he's going to be wearing number five. Oh, um, yeah. So he, he's got a lot of hype to live well, up to. You know, good good news, right, you know, as far as, you know, filling the shoes. Um, number number five, you know, obviously Dotson uh, and now Tinsley, you know, they both did body Michigan State last year. So uh, yeah. that, is a, that is a plus. Um, he had no problems with Michigan State's, you know, as we all know, extremely top tier um, pass defense, right? So, um, <laughs> but yeah, obviously, you know, excited to see Tinsley. I'm also, um, I know, Aaron, you're really excited about um, Abdul Carter. Um, oh, yeah. Also wearing a very prominent number for Penn State. Um, <laughs> but yeah. City, baby. All right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad uh, Alex brought up, you know, immediate impact and, and uh, that sort of thing. I'm glad he brought that up because 
what who do you guys think are going to be the immediate impact guys? I know we we talked about the transfers, and obviously, you know, when a when a guy transfers in, they expect to be contributing right away. So we're not really going to talk about the transfers here, but for the recruiting class, who do you think is going to come in, compete right away, and get on the field and make an impact? Yeah, I you know I, I can go first if you want, Alex. Um, yeah, that's fine. You know I. I I think there's three names that people are going to mention, right? Um, I think one of them, you know, you're really not going to see as much as you think, which would be Drew Alar, right? Um, yeah. Obviously a huge prospect, huge get for Penn State, huge pull for Yersich. Um, Really excited about him, but obviously he does probably need a bake for a year, right? Get in the um, – and make that transition, right? Um, the other two would be obviously Singleton's Gatorade Player of the Year. Um you know, I, I think a lot of people think that he's, you know, going to get some significant burn, and I think he definitely will. I don't think you're going to be – I think you're going to see him in more than four games, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, offensive side of the ball, I think Singleton could provide a spark. He looked great in the spring game as well. Um, obviously, his tape in high school is off the charts. Uh, he looks like a college running back already. Um, and then, obviously, on the defensive side of the ball, DDS is going to be – you know, he just looks like a specimen already, to be honest. So, um, you know, he'll probably end up on a freak list at some point in his time at Penn State. Um, and I think I think he'll be very good for us. So those are the three that I think, you know, LR having the most significant impact long-term potentially. Um, but right away, I would definitely think Singleton and, and DDS are, are right up there to push from day one. Yeah, so uh... – I want to go back to the transfers for a minute because we didn't talk about one that could have a huge impact. Yeah. Uh, Nor Norzad. Oh yeah. The, the offensive line, uh, you know, most likely will come in and slot into a guard position. Um, you know, I, I, I would highly doubt Franklin's going to bring in an offensive lineman as a transfer and not, you know, I don't want to say hand him the starting job, but it's, it's kind of silly to think that he wouldn't be, the starter at uh, one of those guard spots, uh, you know, my guess would be with Tangwa at the other guard spot or, you know, who may, maybe Wormley, you know, I don't know. But um, so, yeah, I wanted to mention him. Um, in terms of yeah. immediate impact, guys, I, I think – I really think it'll be Singleton, to be honest with you. Um, you know, DDS, I think, will get his playing time. Like Tyler mentioned, you know, and there's a lot of a lot of potential there um, to unleash. Um, but you know, you look at the struggles of this running back room and the running game as a whole last year, with Lee and Ford, you know, being the two returning guys. Um, I don't want to say Singleton has a really easy chance of just stepping into that number one role, but. Um, you know, unless Lee comes out and, you know, is a workhorse from day one, you would think that Singleton by week three or four, you know, could be that guy, right? If our running game is is going the way we hope it goes. Um, you know, interesting ones I think uh, would be, uh, you know, wide receivers, you know, does a guy like, does a guy like Saunders get some reps? Does he, does he turn into something, you know, something more maybe than we expected? Uh, I feel like wide receivers, it's a little bit harder sometimes, you know, transitioning from high school to that college game. Cause you know, yeah. you're, you're getting, you're getting a little bit bigger. You're not, you're not as big as some of these DBs. So, but, you know, I think Saunders has a lot of untapped potential, um, there and excited to to see what he can do um and then yeah the easy one for long-term impact guy I mean it's out it's obviously Drew right I mean that's what everybody's talking about yeah. um you know there there's plenty of the fan base that wants Drew to start right now which you know they have I guess legitimate claims to do that or to make <laughs> that argument um you know it's not it's it's not gonna happen um uh the only way it's gonna happen is if you know, God forbid we'd have like two injuries, you know, in the quarterback room, but, but yeah, Drew, Drew's long, well, Drew's long-term potential, 
and long-term impact hopefully will be, you know, not even, you won't even be able to put it into words, right? It's the hope, um, the impact that he had on this program. So, you know, exciting yeah. times, exciting times with this class because there's just, this is easily the deepest class that Franklin ever brought in, in terms of just overall talent across the board. So, I mean, there's tons of guys that we haven't even mentioned that could be, you know, huge impact guys, right? I'll give you one that I think is going to be a, a impact player right away for us. Um, I'm not sure how big of one. I'm not sure where exactly he's going to fit. Um, but the guy is, has already played in college before. And I'm talking about Tyrese Mills, uh, another transfer safety from Lackawanna. Um, he's a guy that they can probably try to put a linebacker if they need to. Um, but also, you know, he, he came in as a safety. Um, so yeah. we obviously know we've gotten a lot of good guys from Lackawanna. Of course, Jaquan Brisker was an absolute stud for us, and he's already making a name for himself in Chicago. Um, but you, you look at the linebacker spot right now for us, we're a little thin. Um, and this is a guy that comes in college ready pretty much. Um, now, whether or not – you know, he can live up to the potential that Brisker was or anything. That's another story. Um, but end of the day, you know, he's a guy that's going to be coming in right away and possibly seeing the field. Um, I didn't think Brisker would see the field in, what was that, 2019 his first year? And yeah. here he, he ended up being a decent, a decent impact guy. You think, you think about his interception at Iowa that year. Um, I, I, think, I think Mills is definitely a sleeper pick for – an immediate contribution guy. Well, you mentioned uh, Go ahead, Eric. Go ahead, Alex. Um, you mentioned I was just gonna say you mentioned linebackers and 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 we're a little thin. I don't I don't know if I agree with we're thin. Um like there's some depth there, but we're young. Right. Yeah. Like, a, a lot of unproven. like Curtis Jacobs. Curtis Jacobs is, you know, our veteran. Um and Curtis Jacobs you know, got some pretty decent playing time last year, but not, you know, he's not a, he's not if Brandon Smith would have stayed, you know, and I know there's mixed opinions on Brandon Smith, um, oh. but, <clears throat> but yeah, so, um, you know, I think the linebackers, uh, you know, the talent is there, but it's a young group, um, you know, does, does Carter, become an impact guy right away you, you know like I don't know I mean if if Manny Diaz runs Brent if Manny Diaz runs the defense anything like Brent Pry did we know there's going to be a ton of rotation right among that front seven uh you know Brent always did that I mean hell Brent had rotation in the secondary at times so uh so yeah I, I just wanted to to say that I don't I don't think linebackers are are thin they're just a young group and and in my opinion the biggest question mark on the defense Tyler do you have a long-term impact guy I mean I obviously it's easy to go with Drew Alar but um is there a guy maybe other than him or, or are you firm on Alar as well yeah you know I you know I really have two I think um, you know, not to backpedal here, but, you know, as far as Alar this year, I would be happy if they just taught him how to do a silent count in case a disaster did happen so we don't revisit. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm completely fine with that being Alar's thing this year. Um, I think Keon Wiley is going to be really good for us eventually Yes. in the future. Um, I think, obviously, Carter is going to be a beast. Um, and I do, Alex mentioned this earlier, I really, really would like to see Saunders get some burn. Um, in the slot this year, uh, too, man. And I'm interested, honestly, with the punter. Uh, you know, that was a you know a lot of teams don't talk about you know punters being their strong suit, but I mean Jordan Stout was an absolute weapon for us. Uh, yeah. So I think maybe so, that could be good for us there. So was Blake. Yeah. yeah absolutely. We've been pretty I mean, spoiled with you can make an argument that we're punter you. So. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> For for the brand, you know, instead of we are. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's been it's been. I mean, seriously, it's been crazy what we've. I mean, the two. I mean, between Blake and, uh, you know, Jordan. I I mean, we put out two stud punters, uh, yeah. you know, in the last four years at Penn State. 
Uh, you know, I saw a couple of days ago, New Orleans, the Saints had a, a, a Blake Gillikin appreciation tweet. Like, what NFL team do you see doing that for their punters? Yeah, uh, no. yeah it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't happen. You know, it doesn't yeah. happen very often. So, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, kudos to Franklin, I guess, for finding for finding stud punters, uh, you know, and then with 2020 and 2021 and our offensive struggles, I mean, they've become our MVPs. So, <laughs> so uh, let's hope Franklin, you know, as he's bringing in these good punters, we, we let them punt instead of, you know, running, uh, <laughs> throwing the ball. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, we come punter, who knows? All right, guys. So let's move on to the next topic briefly. Um, Big Ten media days were this past week, and obviously Penn State was a part of that. And um, I, I just want to hit on a few things that were that were mentioned um, during those media days. Uh, James Franklin had quite a few things to say, of course, as they interviewed him at length. Um, he kind he, he kind of took a dig at uh, former athletic director Sandy Barber, um, mentioning you know Pat Kraft and how we we are now fighting battles that we haven't fought before. Uh, basically, to put it in layman's term, what he said. Um, just a, just a slight dig at uh, at Sandy Barber, um, but he also mentioned that PJ Mustafer is back, which is huge for us. Um, he is really really excited with the body of work that the team put together in the summer, and uh, hopes that they can keep it going into the into fall camp. And uh, and then of course we'll, we'll hit on Pat Kraft's comments uh, here later on. Uh, but I want to dig into Franklin's comments. What do you what do you guys think about the stuff he had to say? I mean, I, I can go first on this one. Uh, you know, Franklin, I don't think had anything uh, mind blowing, um, you know, or, oh, my God, I can't believe he said that type of comments. Um, right. You know, just kind of the typical, you know, we're excited, you know, a lot of potential, you know, that you know, normal coaches speak uh, during Big Ten media days. Um you know, I did find it interesting. I know some people didn't like it, but I did find it interesting that he, you know, he didn't really say what he expected out of the offensive line. He was just going to let them prove that to uh, them, them, as he said. So I, I assume he meant the media uh, yeah. on I the field. That. So, um, you know, I thought that was kind of a, a new a new thing. And And to be honest, the people that didn't like that comment, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but. I I personally am tired of hearing, oh, our offensive line is going to be better this year. Like, we've heard that, right, for the last four years. We've heard At the least. offensive line is going to – we've heard the offensive line is going to be better. It hasn't been better. It's been average at times. But nobody can say it's ever been better, right? Um, so, you know, I, I didn't mind that comment, you know. Uh, it kind of it kind of leaves the door open so people can't come back, you know, come October and say, oh, well, James said at Big Ten Media Days that, you know, our offensive line was going to be better and they, they stink, uh, you know, so <laughs> yeah, people can't does, say that now. It doesn't give the old takes exposed account anything to run with. Right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, other than other than that, I didn't I didn't really think uh, James. James said anything, you know, out of this world. Um, you know, I did like, um, you know, and this is, we could do a whole podcast on this most likely, but I did like that uh, Franklin backed Sean, um, you know, and said that with his union, or I know Sean doesn't say it's not, he's not trying to form a union, but with his, with his push to get, to get revenue and, you know, some more things for players, um, I did like that Franklin stood up there on the podium and said, yep, we back our quarterback. And I've talked to Sean about this and uh, college football is changing. Uh, so, so that was nice to hear because, because I personally really think what Sean is doing is, is a huge deal for the future of college oh, football and how it's going. Yeah. 100%. yeah, for sure. Tyler, what are you, what are your thoughts on uh, Franklin's comments over media days? Yeah, I think he said some things that, that I really liked. Um, he also said some things I was a little confused about. Um, uh, very similar to Alex, um, I actually really enjoyed that he didn't mention the offensive line because I'm tired of hearing about it every year. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if it, you know, he, I know he said he was very, very pleased with what he's seen. 
Um, but I like that he left the door open. Um, much like you said, don't want to end up as an old takes exposed uh, media beneficiary. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I did, you know, I did find it interesting about the defensive backs. Um, he said it had a chance to be a strength. Um, I think everyone in, you know, our fan base, at least, and, and some outside of our say that that is probably the strength uh, of our defense um, or what we're expecting, at least in my opinion. Um, I'd agree. And then, you know, obviously, you know, the comment about the tight end room. Um, I know some people got <laughs> about that. Um, you know, for me, I think I think more along the Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren line, not the Brenton Strange and Theo Johnson, but that's just me. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand the the other fan bases getting fired up about him saying they could be one of the most talented in the country because, I mean, that's just pretty general thing to say. Um, but yeah, the defensive backs thing was interesting. But it's, but it's true. I, I mean, that tight end room is probably one of the most talented in the country. Um, well, you did they keep in did, context who we're talking about too? We're talking about some did, soft SEC fan. You know, did they show that last year? No, they didn't. But I also don't think Mike Yersich's scheme was was built to, you know, to really show our tight ends off. You know, other than Tyler Warren in the, in the Wildcat. Yeah. Um, I I don't want to get into yeah. that. that you know, I mean, and that's that's a whole con- that, that, that that's a whole other conversation. But but to think that this tight end room isn't talented is is crazy because it is yeah. talented. It just wasn't tapped last year. Yeah, and I think Jersey did do a good job. And I would say, and tell me if you you think differently, obviously, but I think he did a good job with the tight ends in the beginning. Uh, it was mm-hmm. a it was a focal point. I mean, um, he had schemes that you know, obviously created a lot of confusion in the secondary, specifically with the linebackers of opposing um, defenses um, where you would see Theo running right down the middle of the field on a seam route. And, you know, sometimes we didn't hit him when we should have, but um, it was there. Um, yeah. And I'd like to see more of that. Uh, obviously, you know, I know we're going to get into Kraft's comments. Um, you know, Aaron mentioned him a little bit and I think that's great. Um, I think it's great that he's, you know, vocalizing what we've all thought for years um so yeah those are kind of my thoughts just the you know defensive bats comment the, the hilarious tight end comment uh response um and i like the offensive line thing obviously yeah so you so you mentioned uh pat Kraft. so let's get let's get into his comments um he did i don't think he he didn't have too too much you know stuff to put up on the wall that he said or anything like that um but it was really interesting to hear him mention about uh the kale sanderson contract um yeah i am extremely happy that we have him back and it it seems like he uh he wants kale to stick around for quite some time um but not only that yeah go ahead out well i mean any any uh college wrestling fan in the country um would would probably walk across hot coals to have kale sanderson as their head coach Um, and to think that, and to think that Penn state wouldn't want him there, um, is almost unbelievable to think, um, you know, and I've heard some different things. I'm not saying Penn state didn't want him there. I don't want to spread, you know, stupid rumors like that. Uh, not saying that at all. Um, but yeah, I, it, it was nice to hear an AD finally say, Hey, Kale Sanderson's the goat. And he can stay here as long as he wants. Like, um, yeah, I would hope so. He's won, what, nine national championships in 11 or 12 years? Um, You know, that would be like Alabama saying, you know, oh, Nick, we're not sure. You know, we'll have to think about it. Like, you're never going (laughs) to say that to Nick. You you know what I mean? Um, So that was nice uh, to hear Pat say. Uh, One of the other things that I liked what – from his comments was uh, he wants to use Beaver stadium more finally than seven days a year, like a massive venue sitting there basically all summer doing nothing. Um, Like use it, get, get some revenue out of this thing. Uh, Have concerts there. I know they had that top top golf there this summer. Um, I really wish they'd, they'd let the, the winter classic come there for hockey. Like give me flyers penguins at Beaver stadium, please. Yes. Um, 
you know, do things like that, create revenue uh, for, for the program and for the university, not just the football program. Yep. I, I think um, one thing that was really interesting about, you know, it, it wasn't really something that Pat Kraft said. Uh, James Franklin really said it. Um, but he mentioned how it finally feels like everything, we're all pulling in the right direction. Um, in years past, it seemed like James would, I mean, obviously we know with the contract situation, which we're not, we're not going to get into Alex. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it seemed like in years past over and over again, every year, um, James has happened to go fight and fight and fight just to get the smallest little upgrades, uh, going to try to try to get the program moving in the right direction with everything that that's been going on in the college landscape. And now that we have a change of leadership, um, it, it seems like everything is going in the right direction, which is, is very, very good to hear. Um, cause <laughs> let's be honest, man, we, we've got some ground to catch up. Well, I'll just say one little quick thing and then Tyler can go like your, your, your head football coach, especially at Penn state because, and, and a lot of places, but football is the moneymaker, um, at, yeah. at these, at these universities. So, your head football coach and the athletic director need to be on the same page and to hear. And at least from the outside, it looks like Pat and James are completely on the same page and have the same vision is only good for the future of, of Penn state. Absolutely. Tyler, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, you know, I'm going to I'm going to probably shock some people here if if you know they talk to us regularly. I'm actually going to mention facilities for the first time. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I did one thing I did like about about Kraft in the very beginning, he you know, obviously talked about how he loves transparency, right? He's the most transparent person. Um I love the way he talked about obviously Olympic facilities uh being way behind. Um yeah. I love the way he, you know, not football like maybe but obviously you know our soccer programs don't have a bathroom at the stadium things like that um talking about um nil you know we're behind what can we do uh being transparent around hey we're we start every year on the road for some reason that's unacceptable like i yeah. love those things i don't think yeah. those are things that were being brought up in the past um no not at all to piggyback off what alex said i think him and James are very aligned, which is great. Um, you know, I've said it before. I think Sandy just kind of showed up seven days a week or seven days a year, waved at the fans, said we are, and walked out, and that was it. Um, I think you're going to get a little get the bit, hair flip. Yeah, and did her little hair flip and continued on. But um, <laughs> I think you're going to get a little bit more than that with him. Uh, I love what Alex said. I, you have to use the venue. Um, you need to use Which it more than just football as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I love what he said. I, I agreed with a lot of the points he made. I like how he was very transparent and straightforward because um, I think that's something that we've been lacking, uh, and especially in collaboration and communication with James. Um, you know, maybe now, and this is a long shot, right, but it's, it's taking something from something that wasn't said, but is he really going to be reeling you know, to, to make it uncomfortable for Penn State after every football season that he's going somewhere else if he has support from his current AD. Um, and I think he, he alluded to that a little bit, right? I think, you know, maybe he doesn't have to ask for as much now. Maybe it's going to be at the forefront and it's not an ask. It's already in place, you know? Yep. Um, and I think all of that feeds into, you know, obviously James staying here at Penn state, whether you like him or not, or, you know, however you feel about him, obviously the next few years will tell a lot, but um, I think the relationship they have in their building is going to be great for Penn state and specifically um, Penn state football for sure. One last yeah, I thing think, I want to mention. Oh, go, go ahead, Alex. Well, I think, I think Tyler, um, you know, Brent brought up a good point about uh, Franklin set, you know, kind of alluding to maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't need to, to flirt the idea, you know, I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, you know, if from, from interacting with, with enough fans, I feel on the bird app, um, you know, that, that's something that a lot of the fan base doesn't like, uh, right. Because, because 
you know, Joe and never did that. Right. Joe was, Joe was always here. Uh, Joe wasn't, there wasn't rumors of Joe leaving. I, I know early on, you know, he, he might've went to the Patriots or this or that, but, um, you know, so I would think if, if, if we get a, a James Franklin that, that isn't, isn't in the news every off season, you know, oh, well, USC's interested and, uh, you know, this school's interested and that school's interested. Um, you know, maybe, maybe the fan base comes, at least the ones that don't like him come around a little bit and like, oh, okay, this guy is, this guy is loyal. This guy does want to be here. This guy, you know, is in it for the long haul, which after nine years, you should already realize he's in it for the long haul. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that's a really good point that, that Tyler brought up and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. One last thing I want to mention before we move on to the next topic. Um, you guys mentioned how Pat Kraft wants to use Beaver stadium more. Um, <laughs> That's one hell of a project to get into before we can really start hosting some major events in there. Um, that's all I'm going to say. There's there's definitely well, a lot of work that needs to be put into that. Well, it's a it's a project that needs done anyway. Um, oh yeah. You know, I I think fundraising is an issue with that. I don't think I don't think the previous AD um, did a good job of of raising. And I don't know numbers. Uh, you know, I could be dead wrong on this. Um, but I don't think the previous AD did a good job in general of fundraising, let alone fundraising specifically for that project. Um, it, you know, it's, it's going to be massive because um, you can't put Penn state anywhere else. Right. Like it's not like you can just shut Beaver stadium down and be like, yep, this is getting renovated for the next five years. Penn state's going to go play in Philly. No, that, that, that won't, that's not going to work. Right. Cause you know, the link's only 70,000 seats, you know, Penn State pools, you know, 110,000 for certain games. So, um, you know, it'll, it'll be, it'll be a, a tough project, not only, you know, financially and what exactly they're going to do, um, but it's going to be a tough project logistically because you have, you know, basically the summer, you know, spring, summertime to... Yeah to get it to get it accomplished and you don't even you don't even have to do something crazy you don't you don't have to change out the jumbotron or, or get out a new new sound system like at the very least just fix the damn bathroom like right. I mean, like, like it's little things like that like can you maybe set up some more concessions right like do you really have to walk 10 sections down to get a drink or something like you know what i mean get some like, fucking little, beer Literally, yeah. Well, Can we get some beer? In it, it would, it would be nice. And I have no clue why Penn State doesn't sell beer. I mean, think about the revenue they could create with that. Uh, you know, I've been to Maryland, Rutgers. I, you know, they all sell beer. Uh, Penn State's just sitting there with their thumbs shoved up their ass, like, "Ooh, I'm, we're not going to sell beer. Why not?" You know, hundred thousand people who are, you know, pissed off and need a drink. Uh, yeah, like sell <laughs> yeah. be- sell beer. Um, but you know, even, even beyond the bathrooms, like it, I, I feel like the concourses would need expanded if you're going to have bigger events there. I mean, yes. that place is a, that place would be a, a damn hazard if, if God forbid something would happen there that people needed to get out. Uh, you know cause you can't, you can't. About about Beaver Stadium. And I'm sure you guys have done the same, like, you know, some of your buddies, you know, maybe some family members who, who don't particularly like Penn State football. They like college football. They don't like Penn State. You know, they, they show up to the stadium, right? They show up in one of the, what, the 10 parking lots where you can see this massive stadium, right? And they're like, wow, this is incredible, right? And they, and they get in there because they've never been there before. You know, they don't really know the ins and outs. And they're like, this is insane. Like, this is a great place to watch a game. But if you talk to Penn State specific fans that really dive into the details of the stadium, you're like, yeah, I mean, it's a great place to watch a game. The atmosphere is incredible, but you know, we could really use some upgrades and some things of this stadium yeah. to make it less, you know, more, you know, appropriate um, for what it is. Give me some it- damn Wi-Fi. Yeah, I mean, so well, g- give me, give me a seat. Like it's 2022. <laughs> like I'm sitting on a bench. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. with with, with a, a dude. Di- all right. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I, I'm sitting <laughs> on a bench with with a dude's knee shoved in my back, you know, for four quarters. I, I, you know, like come, like come on, give me some leg room. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, when the stadium was built in 1920, you know, people were 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 shorter than people are today. Uh, you know, I'm not four <laughs> foot tall. Um, so you know, give me some damn leg room. I, I don't need to sit with my knee in the you know some Joe Schmo's back the whole time. Keep the chicken. Um, Chicken baskets can stay. 100%. Oh, for the chicken, sure. The chicken baskets can stay. They're valid. All right, boys. Let's move on to the award watch list. Um, the, for the past couple of weeks, they're actually still not done. I think there's one coming out tomorrow. Um, but for the past few weeks, these uh, national societies, whoever votes, whatever the fuck they are, um, have been releasing some of these watch lists um, for specific awards in the offseason. It's probably media voters. Yeah. yeah. Biggest joke Um, ever. But anyway. But Penn State has 16 guys up for an award this year. Um, I I think that's a pretty steep number. Um, I'm going to go through and list them, and then then we can talk about our thoughts. Um, So starting off, and I know you guys love this one, Jonathan Sutherland is up on the watch list (laughs) all for for versatility. Um, (laughs) Moving on. Parker Washington and Mitchell Tinsley, they are both up for the Boletnikoff. Uh, P.J. Mustafer is up for two awards, the Bronco Nagurski, which is a Best Defensive Player Award, and then the Outland Trophy, which is a uh, lineman award. Um, Joey Porter Jr., he's up for two awards himself, also the Nagurski and then the Jim Thorpe. Sean Clifford leads the way on the team with four award nominations, Davey O'Brien, Maxwell, Walter Camp, and the Werfel Award. Uh, Kevon Lee is on, is on the Doak Walker watch list. Theo Johnson and Brenton Strange are on the Mackey. Jair Brown is also on the Jim Thorpe, along with you know Joey Porter Jr., like I just mentioned. And then to round it out, Juice Scruggs is on the watch list for the Remington Award, which is the interior offensive lineman. Um, guys, what are your thoughts on these? Well, I had a guy the other day, you know, tell me. You know, Penn State's going to go seven and five. There's just, you know, a lack of talent. Uh, you know, if that said guy uh, happens to tune into the podcast, um, that's a lot of people on watch list for uh, what you think is a lack of talent. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's start with the elephant in the room. Uh, Jay Suth on <laughs> Sutherland on a... Uh, on a, on a watch list for most versatile player. Um, yeah, I mean, I like, I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like, I'm not going to come in here and, and, and bad mouth any player, but you know, is the kid, is the guy good on special teams? You know, does he make an impact there? Yeah. He does a nice job on special teams, but you know, I, I think I speak for a large portion and my two co-hosts, when I say I'm dreading the idea of him starting at outside linebacker, just get um, listen to this. I can't. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I and 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 I don't. We don't need to like deep dive this rabbit hole, but you know, I, I'm sorry. I just don't. I just don't see it. Um, <laughs> like, like, like I just. Hey, good for I just, him though. I just don't see it. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he comes yeah. out and, and he and he is, uh, you know, I don't know, pick a good outside linebacker. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I just don't don't see it. But the one I am excited about is, I, you know, PJ, PJ is an interesting one to me because I think PJ has potential. You know, the way it sounds, he's healthy. Uh, he, he's, he, he's ready for camp, which is, which is huge. So – Hopefully he'll be, you know, still healthy come week one. Um, and I think he could have a massive year because um, he was he was a beast uh, before he got hurt there at Iowa last year. Yeah. And uh, him coming back, him being healthy, um, that's huge uh, for this for this defensive line. Tyler. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm not going to go down the whole list. Um, obviously. <laughs> You know, the first one is the first one, right? Uh, with Sutherland, I, I wish he would just stick to special teams. That's what he's good at. I have no interest in watching him play linebacker at all. 
Um, <laughs> if there's a special teams award, I, I 100% think he should be nominated. Uh, I do want to say that. Um, I think PJ um, has a good chance for the Outland uh, award. Um, I know, obviously, there's probably going to be some huge defensive tackle from Georgia or Alabama or something. Um, you know, just obviously that's who he'll be going against for those awards, right? Um, I think Sean Clifford, what he's done off the field, could land him winning an award. Um, I don't think, you know, obviously the, the Walter Pan or anything like that, but I think off the field he's done a really great job. He's really set himself up for life outside football. Um, I think he has a great chance there. Um, I love Theo Johnson. Um, I I don't know. Maybe he goes off, right? Uh, maybe he really breaks out. Um, but, you know, the Matthew, there's a lot of good tight ends in the country, right? Like we talked about oh, earlier. Yeah. It'll be tough um, to beat out Brock Bowers. Exactly. Um, but, hey, like, they're on the list. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The list. There's so, a chance. To people, to people, like Alex said earlier, who are saying Penn State doesn't have talent, you know, that, that's just an idiotic comment to make. Um, it, it, no matter, you know, if they're going seven and five or if somehow, you know, obviously it was worse than that. It's not a – Penn State has plenty of talent um, across the board. Penn State has had plenty of talent for the last eight years. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I don't buy that at all. I, I do think Jair Brown could be really interesting for the Jim Thorpe. Um, yes, I do too. That's, Led the country in interceptions last year. Yeah. He, I, he's – he's – yeah, I think he was tied. Yeah. Yeah, I, I th- yes. Him and PJ uh, are the ones that I circle that really have a chance. Scruggs is a, it has been a – you know, what I would say is an ideal Penn Stater, right? He's had some serious hurdles. Uh, he's come back from them. Um, he was – you can tell me if you disagree. He was a bright spot. He did some good things last year. Um, yeah, I, I don't oh, yeah. know. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable climbing from Penn State on any watch list. Um, <laughs> but hey, you know, if he has a great year, why not? You know. So those are my thoughts. Obviously, I hope they all do do well, right? That means Penn State succeeding. But um, you know, those two, three I mentioned or circled, I think that's the best opportunity. Um, you know, I think. I think uh, like, sorry, sorry. Aaron. Well, no, I was just I was just going to mention we we didn't mention, um, you know, Parker at all. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's going to win it, but, uh, you know, that dude has 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 the chance um, to put up some really massive numbers. Um, I know there's that receiver out at, you know, in Columbus that everybody likes to talk about. But, um, oh, yeah. you know, really I, re- I really I really. I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I really think, really think Parker, um, you know, if he if he has the year that I hope he has, um, he he could be a sleeper too. I think um, I look at this list, and I do think Penn State has an award winner on here, um, and I I think it's Sean Clifford, um, <laughs> not for anything more than. Uh, the Werfel Trophy, which is essentially college football's version of the Walter Payton Man of the Year in the NFL. Um, everything that Sean has done off the field, Tyler, you kind of alluded to it, and he's setting himself up for a lot of success, but also, you know, just with his NIL business, but also the stuff that he's doing to push for um, this sort of players' union. Um, I, I think the stuff that he's doing off the field right now is absolutely incredible. Um, it worries me a bit because he is doing so much off the field. I, I, I really hope and cross my fingers that it's not affecting his uh, the time he's able to put into training for the football season. But nonetheless, he is a good player, which also takes into account in, into that award. Um, and the stuff he's doing off the field right now, I, I mean, obviously I, I'm a Penn State fan, so I don't follow too, too many other programs closely like that. Um, but I don't see anybody in anybody else in college football making the noise off the field that Sean is making in a positive manner. Um, so I definitely think we have an award winner there. Yeah, I agree with that. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to, you know, just to touch on this a little bit more, like it's impressive uh, what Sean's doing off the field. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's a young kid. Um, you know, I know he's, he's been around for a long time. Um, 
you know, so I assume, uh, you know, he's graduated, stuff like that. So maybe he has a little bit more time to, uh, to, to focus on these things, you know? Uh, yep. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's impressive to me. Like that's, that's the type of, that's, you, we can say all we want about Sean, but that's the type of guy that Penn State fans should love. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's making an impact off the field as much as he makes an impact on the field. Um, you know, and that's kind of what Penn State always built their, built their mantra on, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, kudos, kudos to him. Shout out to him. Uh, I hope he also, has success. Also, on, on the Sean Clifford topic, Sean, Sean catches a lot of unnecessary blame for things that do happen on the field. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I agree. The other awards for Sean. If Sean is playing the way he's playing all the way up until the third quarter of the Iowa game, I have no idea what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I will say you could put Sean Clifford up there with one of the toughest players in the country. You can say oh, that. Yeah, sure. Um, he gets beat around like a rag doll every week. Mm-hmm. Um, the man had broken and ribs still- and came back in two weeks. So I, I, I know obviously he, he obviously some throws and makes some mistakes like any other quarterback does. Um, but as far as character goes to piggyback off what Alex said, I mean, there's really no one better. Like if, if you're looking at that Warfare award, there really shouldn't be anyone else that even comes close to Sean. Yeah. So fully agree. Yeah. Uh, at, least not off the, at least not off the top of our heads. Right. Like we don't, right. I don't know who else is. Uh, I don't follow every other program. I'm not saying, you know, there could be somebody else doing just as many good things as Sean. So um, they are great. Right. Exactly. We know what our guy is doing and I mean, he's doing a damn good job right now. Mm -hmm. So let's move on. Uh, Final topic for today's show. Um, We're going to talk about fall camp. That's starting up here really, really soon. Um, The calendar is about ready to turn to August and uh, soon enough, that means the start of fall camp and then, the season is right around the corner. Thank oh. God. Um, so, obviously, it hasn't started yet, so there's not too, too much to talk about it. But give me some names or give me some stuff that you guys are going to be focused on uh, when it comes to fall camp. Obviously, we're not, you know, Penn State media members, so we're not going to be at the camp watching. Um, but, you know, everybody, all the people who are there tweet about what's going on. Um, so, what, what are some things that you are looking to hopefully see you guys tweet about and, uh, you know, who are some players that you're going to be focused on? Uh, um, go ahead. Go ahead, I, Tyler. I think, you know, and this isn't a bad thing, right? Obviously, they, they cover Penn State football. That's great, right? I know we obviously know some guys who also do a great job. Alex, obviously, you do a great job with your Twitter as well. Um, I, I just hope we're not flooded with Drew Alar stuff. And I know we're going to. Um, yeah. I know they're going to, you know, post every single throw he makes pretty much. Um, I, I am really excited to see Singleton. Uh, I'm excited to see how he stacks up against um, KV on Lee. Uh, that's something I want to know more about. I want to know more about how DDS and chop are doing uh, on the defensive line. And then obviously the offensive line as a whole and the linebacker group at Penn state is all the news I want. Everything else, you know, I feel like we know a good amount, of the other stuff, you know, Tinsley's going to be a dog, right? You know, Washington's going to be a dog. Um, the linebackers, the offensive line, and then, you know, hand pick a freshman. And those are the updates that I'm most interested in seeing on idea of what's going on. And Ken Talley, who's on, who's finally on campus. I want to see, I want to yeah, learn more about that. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, kind of, kind of similar to, to what Tyler um, said. I, I do think that, uh, you know, you're going to get with Drew Allar clips uh, for sure. But, you know, I do at the same time, I think that QB2 uh, competition could has the potential to be interesting. Um, I think Bayou will will be QB2 uh, come week one. But, um, you know, wh- who knows? Um, I also think the offensive line uh, is is interesting. Um, you know, I have, I have my, the five that I think it'll be in my head. Um, 
but you know who knows uh, i mean we're talking about we're talking about younger guys you know guys that are in the system for the first time with with norzad being the transfer um so i think that'll be interesting um i also think the uh the other safety spot uh is interesting who's going to who's going to play next to next to take um you know the corners i feel are pretty locked down uh we kind of know who's going to play there um and then and then obviously yeah line, linebacker is is the big is the big one right um <laughs> can can somebody can somebody take sutherland's spot please um um so so yeah those please. those would be the things those would be the things i'm watching um you know come come the start of camp I, I, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be watching um, just the defensive line unit as a whole. We're getting quite a few guys back, of course, starting with P.J. Mustafer, but also Adiza Isaac missed the season last year with a knee injury. He'll be back. Um, and then all, all signs point to Hakeem Beeman also being back, which I feel like he's a, he's a very forgotten guy uh, in, yeah. in that room right now. Uh, but then you also got the newcomer of uh, Denai Dennis Sutton, um, Abdul Carter is going to be an interesting one to watch. Um, he, he played linebacker in high school, but a lot of reports were saying that they're probably going to have him at the edge at Penn State. So he's another guy that I'm going to be watching. Obviously, you know, I don't expect him to get too, too much run this year, um, but it's just something to to look at, see see what they're, what they're seeing out of him, where they're thinking of playing him. Um, and then also I'm really, really excited to see how, Caden Saunders does in camp. Um, we we heard last week. Um, I guess someone looked up a depth chart, a depth chart online, and uh, apparently Caden Saunders is the number two slot right now. I don't know how true that is, but if it is true, that means that we will see him on the field this year. And uh, I'm really excited to see how he stacks up well, against. Don't uh, for, the for team in camp. For anybody listening, I wouldn't expect a depth chart again all year. Uh, you know, Franklin made <laughs> yeah. Franklin made that a yeah. thing last year. We're not releasing a depth chart, which you know he said a lot of other schools do that. You know, I I think it just puts your fans, you know, in in a you know behind the curtain more than more so than they you know most already are, right? Um, right. In terms of what's going on. A lot of fans enjoy looking at the depth chart, like especially for younger players, like, oh, you know, last week he was he's three. Now he's, you know, uh, RB2 or whatever. Um, so, yeah, prob- I would assume Franklin's going to do the same thing. I hope I'm wrong because depth charts are fun to look at, especially with, with the young guys we have uh, on this team. So, um, but yeah, I wouldn't expect one. Yeah. Tyler, you got anything else to add here? No, man. I, you know, I obviously really enjoyed it and um, looking forward to the next one. So on that note, we will end today's episode of the Nittany Pod. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate Tyler and Alex for joining me. Uh, definitely look forward to doing a lot more of these. Uh, hopefully you guys tune in to listen to us talk some Penn State and talk some ball. Um, Have yourselves a wonderful evening and take care.